This week's episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 11th of April 2022 at home in Wicklow. And it is predominantly a discussion of a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, a Mexican New Age spiritualist and thinker and positive psychologist who draws on ancient Toltec wisdom which basically is old spiritual wisdom from old Mexican scholars and thinkers and how they laid out a path for for wellness and living well with oneself and living well in the world. The Four Agreements was published in 1997, I think. And I remember at that time I was... Working in the book trade, uh, and I go into this in a bit of detail in the episode, because um, it, it seemed to be like a boom time for new age product, self-help cassettes, um, huge volumes of books being sold by people like Louise Hay and M. Scott Peck and Deepak Chopra, amongst others. And at the time, I was quite cynical um about it (laughs) and quite skeptical um and thought there were aspects of phoniness to it but my how how i've changed (laughs) so i sort of own up to that the and look at the journey um and yeah and so i discuss the four agreements in a little bit of detail and look at how applicable they are to our everyday experiences. And I conclude today's episode with a a poem I just wrote, um, which tries to express something about how we relate to what we need in the world and how we relate to the cost of giving something of ourselves in the world and how maybe we have more to give than we realize and how maybe it costs us much less than we think so yeah that's how that's how i conclude today's episode and you'll uh, get to the end and you can hear that okay that's it i will see you there real soon cheers not gonna change my mind leaving the dream Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. Welcome. How are you? Just take a, take a beat, take a moment, just um, check in with yourself there. Everything okay? What's the, um, what's the motor running like at the moment? How's your engine idling? Is it purring like a kitten? Is it coughing and spluttering like an octogenarian smoker? <laughs> I tell you, my um, my father is turning 80 this year and he has some cough on him. Still smoking away. His rollies, the old rollies, they've been a feature over the years. When I first started using a camera back in um, 
gosh, I suppose the mid-90s, the early to mid-90s is when I really embraced taking photographs and I'll have to dig out an old photo of my dad from then because I can picture him in profile with the the roly to his lips and it just seems it's it's that that pose uh, has never gone away it's been there in constant iterations ever since he was over had him over here hashtag blessed yesterday to watch his beloved football team manchester city playing in a ridiculously overhyped football match against liverpool the objectively the two best teams in the league and they have been for the last few years but my goodness the hyperbolic nonsense that goes on around it around the 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 fixture the clash the clash of the titans the greatest football ever played by anyone ever witnessed by gazillions of morons glued to their screens all around the world and yes Myself, my father and my cousin here at Hashtag Blessed. We were three of those morons enjoying the football yesterday. And my father did step outside for an old smoke. An old smoke a couple of times. So there you go. Uh, And yeah, that cough, that cough he has is something else. So to get back to your engine. (laughs) The motor. The cogs. The pistons the spark plugs, the fuel injection, the combustion, the combustion engine. It's an amazing thing. I bought a lawnmower last year, this time last year, and uh, (laughs) I was getting respect. I was getting respect from people who care about such things because it had a Briggs and Stratton engine. A Briggs and Stratton four-stroke engine. Oh, jeez, that's a good one. That's a good lawnmower. That's a good engine now. Jeez, that won't let you down. And sure enough, I got out the lawnmower just the other day. Because uh, mowing season is back. The grass was looking a bit shaggy at the front of the house. I thought, I'll give that a mow. I'll give that a mow when there's a window to mow. A window to do so. And I put a bit of oil in it. And I pulled the, um, what you call the pull? <laughs> the, the pull cord to start the mower. I pulled it. It started first time after, what, a five-month layoff. I thought that was very impressive. Even though the lawnmower was covered in bird shit and dust and cobwebs and leaves and all sorts of crap um, from its uh, from its nesting spot in the shed but there you go fired up beautifully Briggs and Stratton won't let you down huh beautiful I don't know if you can hear in the background I'll just be quiet for a moment this is what's called dead air can you hear that rain in the background yeah maybe the there was a beautiful bit of sunshine this morning and the forecast was for rain all afternoon 
and right on cue a little bit early if anything it has come it just in the last 40 minutes or so it just got very dark overhead and i tell you what in an old cottage such as the one in which i find myself right now in hashtag blessed there's something about the way an old cottage can really invite that darkness into the space And it just felt dark everywhere. My God, I tell you what, it reminds me of my, my my school days. So many dark days in Irish classrooms. Holy God, a depressing, a depressing thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my school days. I enjoyed primary school and secondary school. But I never found myself in love with those dark days, those dark mornings, particularly a dark Monday morning such as uh, such as it is now uh so there you go it's absolutely yeah it's cascading down at the moment what does that do for your engine there's a loveliness i've always found a loveliness to being indoors when the rain is pelting down outside my childhood home not not a million miles from where i sit now had a a corrugated roof what was it was it asbestos? I don't know. But that used to make an almighty racket in the rain. But it can be a it can be a really soothing uh, experience knowing that you're warm and cozy inside. I've got the, the heater on here beside me. I'm holding a mug of tea in my hand, which I may or may not finish. I'm gonna take a quick sup now, excuse me. Yeah, it's already gone. It's already gone past that perfect state. Just that optimum heat has gone out of it and it's just starting to stagnate. But it does feel nice. It feels nice in the love. Cup on tea in my love. It's um, love there for the uh, the non-Irish speakers um, out there. I know there's a few tuning in from overseas. Love is hand. So there you go. Anyway, um... Okay, so now that you've checked in with yourself, you're ready to listen. And I don't know what you do when you listen. You might tell me, actually. I'd welcome that. You just bumped me an old, uh, bumped me an old message there on social media, on, um, on my Facebook page, or on... Well, maybe the Facebook page would be the most obvious. You don't really leave messages on Instagram, but you could. You could, underneath where I put up the notice for this. And you could say, I do the housework when I listen. Or I listen on my way into work, as I know one listener does. I know a friend in Australia was driving down the highway the other week and chose to listen to the Christmas episode. So she was listening to um, Christmas songs in, in March and the Christmas story I wrote and recorded for the podcast, which she uh, approved of highly. So thanks. Thanks, Joe. Joe Sparkles. Keeping it real over in Melbourne doing the do teaching actors aspiring actors performance kids and absolutely slaying it from what I can tell so uh, Joe nice to know you're out there nice to know you're listening and um, thanks thanks for sending the love always appreciated on the clear out (laughs) always appreciated off the clear out also (laughs) anyway there you go so um 
yeah, I've got a I've got a tight little window here. My my wife and daughter are out, but they will be back, and that will bring proceedings to an abrupt halt. Um, if you were listening last week, you may remember we had the 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 story of the dead bird, the um, the dead. I thought it might have been a, a juvenile bullfinch, but we've subsequently decided it was a, a chaffinch, and my daughter named it Calvin and it was buried in the garden um, my daughter did a lovely little grave arrangement for it after we buried it and I think I mentioned that we decided my daughter decided to call the uh, the deceased bird Calvin after we were recalling a Calvin and Hobbes story in which uh, which I related last week uh, basically Calvin the comic strip character found a dying bird and tried to save it and failed to do so and it was really um an opportunity for calvin to uh go on a journey of sort of his understanding or negotiation of grief and death and coincidentally coincidentally that entire sequence that entire story was put up on instagram last week there's a calvin and hobbs page i follow now, Grant, and that's worth looking. It's it's really beautifully, uh, you know, beautifully sort of unfolded by the the author Bill Watterson. But at the table that night, when we were all talking about it, my daughter said it wasn't a bird; it was a raccoon. And I was like, No, 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 no! It wasn't a raccoon; it was a bird. And I just dismissed her so completely. <laughs> now I wasn't doing it in a nasty way, but I was just like being very sort of emphatic like I had that memory locked in so tight and when I stumbled across the story on Instagram this week what do you think of course it was a bloody raccoon (laughs) and I was like oh my god of course I felt very bad for having dismissed my daughter and I felt senile and stupid and it's like and also just very aware of the fallibility of memory and I was so utterly convinced my memory, I just was so stuck in my head, this idea of a little bird, uh, which is quite a different a different energy, a different beast and a different sort of physical form and a different m- mass to a, a raccoon. And somehow in my memory, the bird fit my emotional response to the story. But my daughter was right. And uh, I did, at the, at the first opportunity, I was like, by the way, you know, you are absolutely right. I got that so wrong. And my daughter was like, so... <laughs> she gave me a very fiery, I told you so. I knew it. I read it more recently than you. I was right. And what could I do? I just had to take a big uh, swallow of that humble pie and go, yep. Uh, and I'm very envious of my daughter's sharp little brain and her amazing hearing <laughs> And her perfect eyesight and her flexible, bendable, pliable, effortless body, uh, her her joints that bounce for, for joy. Unlike mine, I had a heavy karate teaching day last week uh, and I was doing a bit of work as well, um, a bit of labouring, painting work. And oh man, my body was just crying for a couple of days. 
aches and pains and I do my best to try and stay in good shape and stretch but I'm not doing enough clearly and I want to I want to look at that I want to look at that I keep uh, I keep bookmarking great little stretching videos that uh, people are putting up on Instagram a lot of yoga practitioners and you know body work practitioners that's 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 a that's a new phrase isn't it that's a very hot little wellness phrase body work and breath work two two um two really hot wellness phrases you can tell by my tone of voice i get a bit cynical about stuff but nonetheless <laughs> i am also a practitioner of body work and breath work via the martial arts via karate and tai chi and qigong um martial arts practices are all about body work and breath work and they off most of them have a traditional martial arts anyway most of them most of them have a component of meditation as well uh the spiritual component is in there and so if you really commit to true um disciplined martial arts practice it does try to cater to that holistic wellness approach um it, within within its within within its systems and I find when I teach Qigong or Tai Chi, I'm much more diligent in my practice of it as a teacher than I am when I'm doing my own practice. Um, I, maybe I, I sell it a bit short, but um, I do try to do it, you know, regularly nonetheless. Anyway, anyway, there you go. So uh, with that Calvin story, it's uh, my daughter won and me nil, one nil, one nil to my daughter. One nil to the daughters, keeping it real and putting me in my place. So today's episode last last week's was quite long. I realised I think it came in at just under an hour and a half. That wasn't um, that wasn't my intention. But I suppose when I start banging on about movies, uh, I tend to get I tend to get a bit lost. Um, anyway, I hope you uh, you enjoyed that one if you listened to it, and if you haven't, I think you should. Um, Go back and seek it out if you're someone who enjoys movies. Um, that was a good one. Anyway, today um, I'm going to bring you bring you some stuff that was brought to my attention from from bloody Facebook of all places. I find I do respond to stuff on social media, particularly Facebook and Instagram, which I find myself perusing often after I've tried to put up my own bit of stuff to promote the uh to promote the podcast but i do find myself responding to little little bits of sort of wellness content and new age content and positive living content and philosophical content little quotes or little mantras or just little bite-sized pieces of wisdom i'll sometimes go oh that's actually quite good and bump it on to someone else and one that I saw just in the last 24 hours was, very simply, um, the Four Agreements. Have you heard of this? So, basically, the Four Agreements is actually the name of a book by a Mexican New Age, what a new a new age sort of shaman wise man advocate philosopher spiritualist and his name is don miguel ruiz 
um, born in the 50s, I think. And he has a book, as I say, called The Four Agreements, which he wrote in the, I think it was published in 1997. And its subtitle is A Toltec Wisdom Book, uh, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. And a friend of mine actually gave me a copy, loaned me a copy, um, gosh, well over a year ago before before we moved into Hashtag Blessed. And I've dipped in and out of it very infrequently, but I'd, I'd actually completely forgotten I had it. it. was sitting there on my bookshelf because someone had put up the, you know, what the four agreements are in their summarized form on a, a single Facebook post. And I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> Having completely forgotten that I'd actually consumed them before. Um, so I plucked it off the shelf before recording just to kind of refresh my memory of the general gist. But what I'm going to do, I'm actually just going to read out to you what the four agreements are, and then I might dwell on them for a little while. Uh, maybe unpack each one, maybe not. I'll just see. I'll see where my my brain wants to go or what I respond to. Um, I know I responded to something that I read in the book, so I might actually come back and revisit that. But here we go. These are the four agreements as laid out by Don Miguel Ruiz in his book, The Four Agreements. So the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Okay, so that's that's number one. Be impeccable with your word. The second agreement. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Okay, so that's number two. The third agreement. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Okay, so that's number three. Don't make assumptions. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, Simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse and regret. So that's the fourth agreement. Always do your best. So I'd nearly be happy with that. Just those four agreements and their little breakdowns. That almost seems sufficient to me. 
I mean, I don't really feel, all right, I really need to go and dig deeper into this book and find out what he means. Because they're so simple in their, you know, in, in what they're communicating. They're so, they're so elemental in their, in their message that it's almost not necessary to, to go any deeper. The book itself is actually quite short. It's only like 140 pages. And of that 140 pages, the, the breakdown of the agreements is less than 100 pages, I think. It's, um, yeah, it's only about 65 pages of the book. Um, is the, and it's, you know, the pages are small and the, the, the writing is big. <laughs> the font. So, yeah, it's not, it's not a huge amount of unpacking within it. But I think what kind of struck me just looking at it and having a bit of a think about it, the, you know, you go back and you think, okay, 1997, that sort of mid-90s, or, you know, maybe the 90s were kind of the, the, possibly the peak of um, the new age industry. I remember I was working in in bookshops at the time. My um, extended family have had a very successful independent book chain uh, bookshop chain in Ireland and I worked for them for a few years sort of towards the end of my university years and for about two years afterwards before I trotted off to England to go to acting school Um, but I remember the you know the proliferation of new age titles in the bookshop and the proliferation of new age audio books, uh, you know, books on tape as they were then. Um, CD ROMs came in sort of around the time I was leaving, leaving the industry. Um, but people like uh, Louise, was it Louise L. Hay or just Louise Hay? There was a lot of kind of initials, M. Scott Peck. Um, Deepak Chopra was in there, obviously. Uh, Paolo Coelho, the right, the author of The Alchemist, um, Carlos Castaneda. Um, there are others. There were, you know, many others as well, but they were definitely some of the some of the most popular. And I don't know. I, I mean, I guess a lot of these writers, thinkers, positive living advocates, speakers, mentors. I suppose they they were forming their ideas through the previous decades, maybe maybe coming up through the kind of seventies and the eighties, maybe part of a sort of a countercultural movement, a rejection of very formalized, um, rigid Western theism, perhaps. Um and I remember then, basically, you know, I was, I was quite dismissive <laughs> as a as a very young guy. I was only in my early twenties, and I was kind of bemused and, yeah, as I say, quite. Um, I just thought, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, it seemed to be enormously popular with, uh, as I saw it, predominantly uh, middle aged women were hugely the 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 target audience or the target demographic for the material um and there were these big big, these big kind of seminars and conferences and 
I just thought, gosh, is it, is it all is it all a bit of a racket preying on people's unhappiness or their insecurity or their instability or their their desire for you know for love, their desire to be seen, their desire to be heard, their desire to be validated. And here I am, all those all those years later. What are we talking? Are we talking thirty years later maybe? Um, there or thereabouts, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, and I'd be far less, I'd be far less cynical about it now. Um, I think, I mean, who else would fall into this bracket? Eckhart Tolle, is it Tolle or Toll? Like, yeah. Anyway, you know, like these people, they're, they're fundamentally, you know, I, I feel like they're just fundamentally advocating very straightforward concepts of self-care and personal wellness and personal validation um and they i don't know they just they caught the they caught the wave um at the right time and put down put down their their thinkings in very coherent accessible forms and enjoyed the success that followed um I think, you know, I, 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 you know, I think there's, there's an underside, there's an underside as well. There's a, you know, the, the, there's the Jungian, there's the Jungian shadow. There's always a sort of a, an underside to these things when everyone's sort of serenely presenting the calmness and non-judgmental wisdom of compassionate, non, uh, you know, compassionate love and tolerance and and light. I mean, I'm always a bit, I'm always a bit sceptical and I, I, I remain so, I remain so even though I value a lot of the, the, the core ideas and I mean, I think I'd have to, I'd have to be honest and go, I mean, a lot of, I suppose a lot of the times the way I speak about wellness and self-care, personal responsibility, um, personal alignment, the alignment of self in the world the relationship with oneself. I mean, I don't think I'm a million miles away from what a lot of those aforementioned uh, thinkers, authors uh, were, were also saying and continue to say. And I think, I don't know, maybe there's, um, there is something about the, the, the age profile, I guess, um, people reach a certain point in life where there's a there's a jadedness perhaps there's an exhaustion a fatigue um a cynicism perhaps uh a disappointment perhaps a sadness um perhaps a susceptibility to 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 fear um perhaps a diminished resilience perhaps a diminished confidence and there you know as a response to those factors um or those impulses or those senses uh there is a desire for for care there's a desire for 
uh, a simplifying of how we think about life and a desire for a, a simplifying or you know a simplification of how we meet the world and how we how we position ourselves in in the world in the in in the universe if you want to take it all the way out um and open yourself to that idea that we're all subject to the the whim the whim the whims the whims <laughs> a whim away a whim away to the whims whim i'll, I'll do the i'll do the the breath the <laughs> <laughs> the sounded WH that's so favoured by Irish people. The whims. When? When will I see you again? Where have you been all my life? What? And I'll add on that wet tea at the end. What? What are you talking about? About. Um, this is what this is what non-Irish speakers hear. Non-Irish people hear in the Irish accent. And that's what they latch on to. That's why we, you know, that's why we hear so many dodgy Irish accents by non-Irish people. The people latch on to the the bigger sounds, where the cadence or the the emphasis or the consonant um, the, the consonant habits and the vowel habits are most pronounced, and that's what people hear. And that's what they throw back at you. So that's why you get, ho ho, how are you now? And how's it going? And isn't this how all Irish people sound? I used to hear that a lot in Australia. People, <laughs> and I don't think I have a particularly distinctive Irish accent to, I mean, I think I just sound. I mean, fundamentally, I just sound sort of middle class. I sound predominantly uh, middle class Dublin, I suppose. Um, I don't sound particularly Wicklow, although I did as a kid. Um, there, there, I know one of my brothers has uh, a cassette tape recorded back way back when. Um, I'm thinking when I was maybe seven or eight. And not only did I speak with a very strong Wicklow accent but I also spoke as if I'd just inhaled 27 helium balloons and uh, followed those with um, a fistful of amphetamines so it was a high-pitched Wicklow accent delivered at speed Um, so yeah that's a that's a that seems to be a treasured possession (laughs) of my brothers um well done well done for well done for keeping that keeping that keeping that uh keeping that tape safe all these years um in any case i was referring to the whims the whims and caprices of the universe the great universal energy the the energy that we all give off the energy of life the energy of the the exchange, the hustle and bustle, our inability to press the pause button, our inability to stop the world turning, our inability to have any control whatsoever over anyone ever at any time, except maybe your child. <laughs> that's the that's the great experiment. 
can I actually control this person? Why would I want to? What is that desire to control somebody else? It is an exercise in futility. It is an exercise in ego. It is an exercise in frustration, in madness, in self-harm, ultimately. And nothing will challenge your commitment to acceptance. Nothing will challenge your your sense of um, your, your your sense of tolerance, your sense of yourself as someone who is able to go with the flow. Um, who, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing will challenge that. Like having uh, a small child in the house who has. A gloriously independent mind um, and is full of will and fire and determination and attitude. Uh, I am, of course, referring to my daughter and she is a cherished being in my heart. And we fight and I often think this has got nothing to do with her. This is all about me being stubborn and cranky and irritable and intolerant and not just sometimes not allowing her to be herself which is criminal for god's sake it's just a disgrace um but sometimes it just is what it is and you're just like i can't (laughs) i've no more space in my head i've no more space in my brain at the moment to uh admit entry to this this um relentless being this relentless personality that uh yeah i don't know i find myself just going ah here stop just let go of this illusion of control and the idea of laying down a boundary um look there are times when like don't, don't get me wrong there are times when there are appropriate boundaries there are appropriate <laughs> sanctions there are appropriate full stops um but there are times when it's not appropriate it's you know there's another path that is actually a more harmonious path um and it is about letting go on my part it's about letting go letting go of the the desire for control and maybe just letting life as it is contained life as it is you know like life as i see it in the vessel of my daughter allowing that life to wash over me um rather than trying to stop the tide rather than trying to stop the tidal wave like some biblical prophet um yeah so anyway the where i don't know where i was going with that this is coming from the four agreements and the four agreements has been i think in in many ways very typical of the type of literature uh the type of kind of core texts of new age thinking of positive living the sort of positive psychology package as presented in that new age spiritualism um the softly softly gently gently um 
what love yourself model i mean that's really what it is isn't it i mean ultimately i think all of it just comes back to that one core concept of loving oneself and valuing oneself um and there's a there's there's a journey there's a journey to get there um but it's interesting as well isn't it i mean it's interesting if you put that idea in contrast with the more formal um theism as laid out in christianity and judaism and islam um which are more love your god now the new age spiritualists um would present the idea more that you know love and light are expressions of godliness and love and light are in us all and love and light um are everywhere and god is everywhere and it's not necessarily god as a monotheistic idea but perhaps more pantheistic uh you know god uh, as god as an idea of of positive affirmative loving life being extant in in everything and being all around us and within us and within others at all times should we choose to see it and understand it that way um i still struggle with that to be honest i struggle i mean i'm probably too conditioned by too conditioned by language too conditioned by the whole god the father idea and i'm not i'm not uh literate enough in polytheism i'm not literate enough in even the old sort of paganistic god structures of of my own country my own culture old irish gods um I have spoken before about my my love of uh, ancient Greek mythology and those stories of gods and their what they represented, their misadventures, their involvement in human affairs, their affairs with humans as well. Uh, I'm looking at you, Zeus. I'm looking at you. Put it away, for God's sake. Put it away. As Twink said, put your mickey away. Stop. Stop. You know... Stop deigning to come down to earth to basically try to get into bed with hot young women. Huh? Me too, Zeus. Me too. Um, Zeus, what a dog. <laughs> There's, I mean, like, I, I don't know. But then, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a very healthy understanding of um, sexual politics going way back when all the way back to greek mythology the greeks the mediterraneans were going there's a powerful man there's a beautiful woman what else is he going to do except try to get in her pants maybe maybe see the greeks were way ahead very progressive very progressive in their in how they conceived their gods and goddesses she's a goddess a goddess a goddess goddess or goddess which do you prefer anyway look i'm um i'm wavering i'm wavering i'm drafting i'm not not drowning not wavering but drowning as um what's the name of that poet who wrote not waving but drowning 
Gosh, it's gone blank. Blank on her name. Ooh, that's going to annoy me now. Might have to look that one up. Not waving, but drowning. Brilliant. Um, let's go back. Let's go back to the four agreements. We'll just try and summarize them quickly. Solid bits of advice, really. Be impeccable with your word. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. I definitely sit with this very well. I try to and have tried to live um, live with a kind of a commitment to speaking honestly. <laughs> I mean, the, the Clear Out website, the blog, and now the Clear Out podcast, these are definitely... Um, they, these are definitely that in action, trying to lay out truth and speak honestly, write from the heart, speak from the heart, make sense of my own thinking, make sense of my own feeling and then articulating it in, oh, sorry, articulating it in what I, you know, in an attempt at something transparent and open, which as always primarily is an indulgence of my own curiosity, um, an indulgence of my own line of inquisition and my decision to share that was, I suppose, an experiment more than anything else, um, just to put something out there that I felt was something that I had done in person and got consistently positive responses to Um and then it just felt like, no, let me do this as uh, a public thing and put it out there. Um, and why not? And who cares? And it's a process. It's an artistic process on one level, but also a a personal practice, I suppose. A personal practice made public. How about that? <laughs> and this is where it's led to a weekly, a weekly a weekly sharing, a weekly discussion with myself and with yours, yourself, my my words to your ears and do with them what you will. But I think if you are using your words in an honest way um, and using them judiciously and in a frame that maintains an awareness of the the value of truthfulness and the the value of love um it's like you kind of can't go wrong in a way uh and if you're clear about your motivations for doing so that that is that it is not transactional that it is not an investment based on the expectation of a return but an understanding that it's a a cleaner, simpler way to live. And my, I've spoken about this before, I sort of had the, I mean, epiphany sounds a bit, um, you know, grandiose and self-serving, but an epiphany is what it was, okay? I might not have been going to Damascus, but it was an epiphany. And at a very young age, my early 20s, I sort of understood if I could live a sort of a, a truthfulness in in my behavior and in how I communicated with those I cared about particularly, that it would simplify the path forward. 
because I wouldn't be looking over my shoulder for um, for the damage I'd done behind me. I think that was really the, the, the way I thought about it and, and continue to think about it. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And it's particularly not easy when you find yourself in conflict with, with people you care about. It's much more difficult to to lean into the vulnerability of being honest and being open because there's um there's fear there's fear of there's fear of judgment i suppose there's fear of being hurt there's fear of the anger of others maybe um there's fear of retaliation and there's fear when you're in conflict i suppose there's a fear of not being accepted and not being embraced and not being understood or maybe being willfully misunderstood um, because the the path to the exchange is obscured and um, has obstacles that come from anger uh, and come from the other person's sense of hurt I suppose so that makes it tricky but ultimately ultimately the um, in my opinion and in my experience, and certainly what I've found serves me best, um, being committed to communicating honestly and truthfully, it's uh, it just makes the next step that much easier. Um, yeah, okay, so there you go. Be impeccable with your word impeccable, huh? Impeccable. Impeccably said. <laughs> I think you're a dick. Oh, that was impeccably said. Thank you so much. I hate your guts. Um, hatred is not the way forward. Now, don't take anything personally. That's a huge one. That's a monster. Don't take anything personally. But I have advocated in this area before. Um, other people's stuff, other people's shit is not necessarily your stuff or your shit. But they can... They they can often be very successful. They, them, those people, the others. And you can be sure you sometimes do it yourself. They can be very successful in convincing you that you are very much a part of it. You are very much in the mix of their stuff, in the melange uh, of their stuff, in the messiness of their stuff. Um Don Miguel Ruiz, he has a word, uh, M-I-T-O-T-E, mitote. Listen, I don't speak uh, Mexican, Spanish. Um, <laughs> I don't, so I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's written mitote. And well, he kind of really is expressing that. that it, it expresses the idea of just the cacophony of all human voices and all human opinion and all the voices in your own head. He argues that your brain is a very uh, multifaceted, multi-voiced, multi-aspected entity that is full of contradictions. And you will find yourself listening to one thing one day and another thing another. That's all part of your own uh, perception of the world and perception of reality. Your own dream, as he puts it. But... And, and I suppose in a way he's kind of going, so what are you going to listen to and what are you going to validate? And if you can understand how complex your own makeup is and your own um, 
multi-faceted and multi-positioned understanding of self and of the world if you understand how complex that is and how you struggle to understand yourself and understand to have and how you struggle maybe to be confident in your own position be confident in your own sense of perspective and your own rightness and again i'm going to use rightness in the sense not of being right as opposed to being wrong but your sense of rightness in being aligned in a well way um if that is a battle why why would you give so much credence to somebody else's opinion or someone else's perception of you um particularly if it's something that comes in an angry vehicle um or a highly emotional vehicle that is something that is perhaps not that reliable and so the idea of not taking anything personally it's you know that 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 is definitely an aspect of a type of acceptance and an acceptance of everyone is just doing their own thing and everyone is in their own reality and you have a say in how much you validate someone else's reality um particularly as it affects you and that means of course and this is you know something actors used to you know you, you read many you, you'll come across many actors saying this about you know i don't read reviews um if i'm going to validate all of the, the, the positive reviews how can i not validate the negative reviews and then if the negative reviews really impact me and hurt me and get inside me maybe i'm better off just disregarding all reviews and not believing what one person says and really i am my own uh my own best gauge my own best barometer my own best assessor of how i've done or what i've felt or what i've experienced or you know what i've achieved in this uh in that moment and if that's an actor talking about their work um i don't think i don't think that doesn't also apply to how we conduct ourselves in life um so it's the same sort of idea ultimately it comes back to your own sense of peace with yourself and that then is that's kind of where Miguel um Don Miguel Ruiz seems to be coming from as well so he's kind of saying don't take anything personally from anyone else but maybe also don't even take anything personally from yourself because we have our own self talk we have our own opinions um yeah so there you go okay and I'm, I'm going to come back to something afterwards on this I think now don't make assumptions again this is a very simple concept i think again and it comes you know it, it you know it it, it it ties in very well with the idea of really something that's quite gracious and quite giving um the idea that everyone has the capacity to surprise us everyone has the capacity to be 
an iteration of the human experience that is very unique, that is very sacred, I suppose, is how I would think about it. Um, that everyone's interiority is is unknowable to us. For me, that's what it comes back to. No matter how somebody appears or what type they seem to satisfy um, in our in our minds, like the external impression can have us locking someone in a box so quickly and I, I don't I'm no less uh, exceptional in that regard you know I'll quickly go oh yeah one of those <laughs> I know I know I know what you're like based on what based on your body type based on the shirt you're wearing based on the team you support based on you know whatever a million different things a million different outward signifiers signifiers of what of mental state signifiers of class signifiers of political position signifiers of faith signifiers of lifestyle and you rush in with um an assumption an assumption of knowledge it's the most arrogant thing in the world isn't it who the hell do you know really like when it comes down to it like what like even within you know within your relationship your partner how can you ever really know i don't think you can so it's such a <laughs> i mean there's there's this extraordinary um an extraordinary exchange that can happen between two people who commit to a relationship and who tell themselves they're in love or experience that attraction and that that partnership and they go on the journey together um and yet we're always we're always selecting we're always selecting what we share we're always selecting what we show we're always selecting how much of ourselves we choose to to reveal um and there's there's a huge scale you know you know to that exchange in in terms of you know how much or how little and at different times where that is um so you think even with even with your nearest and dearest i i would argue there is still an unknowability and that can be very challenging that can be challenging like especially i think when we're when when we're insecure and when we're unstable um in ourselves no matter you know whenever that is in our lives i think that there's a direct correlation between that and our desire for control um like the desire for control is it's a desire for safety ultimately it's a desire to as i as i i said earlier it's it it's a desire to stop the world in a way to fix it in its place which is you know to, to if, if, if if to hear me say it like it's it's a completely illogical notion and very um i don't know there's a there's a hubris 
um, or, or there's a profound misunderstanding in that of how the world works and how people work. And I suppose at its at its darkest end, it, it's truly terrifying if you're talking about abusive relationships, um, you know, relationships where there's an imbalance of power um, and how that can be taken to its absolutely you know, worst extremes of, um, you know, of, of physical abuse, of sexual abuse, um, of, of gaslighting, you know, undermining someone. And you just think there's no possible way that's coming from a position of strength. It, like that's coming from a position of, of weakness. Ultimately, it's coming like the aggressor, the dominant one in that, in those situations I think the more dominant, the more aggressive, the more controlling they are, that that is an indication of how fearful they are, of how afraid they are, of how broken and hurt they are in the deepest part of themselves. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it's profoundly, it's a, it, there's a profound sadness there. And of course, the... There's no such thing as there only being one victim. And so the, the, you know, the obvious victim is the person who's being abused, um, whatever form that takes. I mean, that's the first place your consciousness will go to, to go, oh my God, like that poor person has been, you know, beaten up or um, verbally abused or emotionally abused or whatever. Um, but ultimately, the, there's a profound sadness there, I think, that attaches to the abuser because that's coming from um an ex- a place of extreme brokenness an extreme hurt a sense of extreme alienation or a sense of rejection further back in their story and of course that just brings us to the you know the well i mean i don't want to, to say it's a cliche um takes away its power i mean it, 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 it it's a truth not a cliche i mean damaged people damage people hurt people hurt people um and that then that's that's the ultimate challenge for someone who has been damaged or has been hurt to not perpetuate um the cycle and to find a way out of that um and i I don't know i certainly would see in myself when i see certain habits or responses in my in my parenting at times and within my you know with my relationship within my marriage um i get those tremors of hold on where where is this coming from what you know if if it's behavior that i don't care for if it's behavior that i don't value and if it's certainly if it's behavior that i think is is damaging um i have to look at myself and go where is that actually coming from what's the what's the root of this and why does that still exert power over me um I mean, okay, that's uh, <laughs> I'm talking my I'm talking myself into therapy here. <laughs> Time to get back on the couch. Uh, it all started when, um, okay. Anyway, don't make assumptions. Bloody hell! Ask yourself: Can you possibly know, really, truly? You know, if you're being really honest. I mean, we all say that. Oh, I know him. I know what he's like. I know what she's like. I know who they are. We say that, and there is a certain conviction. But it's, you know, it's it's still, it's still a theory. It's still a working theory. And yes, it may be based on experience and based on history and based on memory and based on actual events. 
but ultimately if you're truly honest you just don't really know that's the truth that's the truth you just don't know so making assumptions it's uh you know it, it, it's a false reality you're con- you know we construct we construct a false reality we're con- you know we're putting huge faith in an illusion and a flex a flex of arrogance on our part that we could ever know what's going on inside anybody else anyway okay so don't make assumptions guys guys don't make assumptions come on now don't make assumptions there's something else going on um i mean just to okay just to put a cap on this and not be facetious about it you know you look at someone like putin and you go like i mean for like he's you know conducting this huge act of monstrous aggression on 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 ukraine and on ukrainians and it certainly seems if you're to believe reports i mean there are war crimes happening in ukraine horrendous uh crimes going on and crimes against humanity of course um but you think what's in putin's head what's in his you know what's putin's inner child what's his pathology I mean, you can say this about so many, you know, political leaders. I mean, the strong arm leaders, as they're called, the Duterte's of, you know, the Philippines or the Bolsonaro's of Brazil. These guys, you know, Trump, of course, you know, if ever there was someone who's just walking damage, walking trauma, um, he's right there. He was right there in front of us for, for you know, so I'm just, such a relief, isn't it? Isn't it such a relief not to be consuming Trump? anymore oh my god anyway yeah so anyway we we never know but anyway look the last one always do your best i mean this one sounds so naff and trite and gammy (laughs) always do your best um and yet to just i'll just try and get away from the the construction of the language and to go back to this the simple idea of the simple idea of really what what i read when i look at his kind of summary of that is we're looking we're talking about human fallibility human frailty human weakness human suboptimal performance which i'm i'm a big advocate <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 a big advocate um of 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 underperformance um as i said i've I've got i've gone blank on my um my my program what 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 was it again not wellness can wait brilliance can wait i'll have to go back and revisit one of my podcasts um you know what i'm talking about The, the this hyper perfection the hyper positivity the toxic positivity as i've seen some people refer to it um it's that form of always do your best is something that I reject. I reject totally. Uh, I think the idea of embracing your total self in its very many shades, its very many colorings and iterations of low and high energy, of low and high positivity and of low and high negativity uh and to look at yourself with compassion and acknowledge that 
some days you just have to to travel in, in a much smaller way some days you have to walk a bit more quietly and some days your energy is something that is going to be very contained and private and not shared and that is absolutely fine and necessary um and the this whole idea or not the whole idea but the um the 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 pattern of performed wellness as curated in the online space uh is 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 to me the opposite of wellness um the whole idea of always being on is is a draining a draining idea uh we're not that's a very unnatural state to be in there has to be downtime there has to be dark time that's part of the sort of holistic picture of who we are there's no balance in pushing hard into hyper wellness and hyper performed positivity at all times i just want to ask you to shut up and go away and be still and stop performing um, and sit with yourself and sit with the broken parts of yourself and the wound um, and be okay with that and just let it be something quiet and gentle and discreet um, and I think that's doing your best uh, and that's you know, and that's as I understand, that's what um, Don Miguel is talking about as well. And I actually loved what he said there. Under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self judgment, self abuse, and regret. So you know these agreements, they all they all kind of tie together beautifully. You know, no 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 self abuse, no regret. I did the best I could with what I had available to me at that time. I I value that concept highly. Um, now, and it's, it's not meant to be a get out of jail card. It's not about it's not about disowning um, mistakes uh, or not being culpable for behaviour or actions that affected others in an adverse way. You don't go, oh, look, that was the best I could do at the time. I didn't mean to be so horrible to you. Or, you know, that was all I had available to me at that time. That's, you know, that's, don't go down that road, lads. Come on, don't be disingenuous about it. Um, I mean, you know, proceed with care. That's a simple idea, isn't it? You know, if there are others around, I mean, I think it's a nicer path to walk when you're proceeding with care. You know, not not it's not it's not about being tentative, but it's about being aware, um, and aware and compassionate, uh, and thoughtful, and you can still hold your own space. You can still be who you are, um, but there's nothing wrong. There's there's nothing there's nothing negative. I think in in being a bit careful. Um, you know, in, and again, in in a very very positive, empowered sense of that word. 
um, careful and thoughtful. And I think when I think of some of my less ideal interactions with my daughter, I think, geez, I could definitely be a bit more careful and a bit more thoughtful at times. And I'm just blessed. God, I'm so lucky that my daughter is excellent at telling me when I've, you know, hurt her feelings or, you know, when I've transgressed and she is just a wonderful little person and kind of goes, you know, she just stands up for herself in a, in a way I just admire and I'm so grateful because it gives me a chance to go, shit, actually, you know what, you're right. Um, and just to be a bit more thoughtful with the language I use sometimes. Uh, and that's something that um, Don Miguel points out in his section on being impeccable with your word. Um, he relays the story of a mother who loves her daughter like no one else, adores her, but finds herself just in very bad headspace one day, um, stressed, emotionally stressed, emotionally fatigued. And her daughter, she comes home and her daughter's in great form. Her daughter's bouncing around the house and singing her head off, just singing, singing, singing. And the mother just snaps at her and says, you've got such an ugly voice. You know, just, you know, be quiet. And the daughter takes that forward into into life and makes an agreement. This is how he puts it in the book. Makes an agreement with herself not to sing and refuses to be prevailed upon to sing ever again. And, you know, in, internalizes that emotion um, is that I, I shouldn't be heard. And... It's a very like that's you know that's it's a classic, isn't it? It's 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 a classic example of of shaming, um, of shaming a child. I've spoken about that before. That this you know and the idea of shaming parenting, um, it's a very powerful thing. And when I catch myself at times and realize that I've strayed into that territory, if I'm just being irritable or cranky and shutting my daughter down, I just go no stop 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 stop, because that's. That's shaming territory. It's invalidating and it's not allowing this person to be the full expression of, of, of who they are. And uh, I try to catch myself and sometimes I'm less successful than others. But um, I hope by being aware of it, I can I can do better. I mean, that's that's always the always the desire. Um, and that idea of someone becoming quiet for as a response to shame and losing their voice that's a very powerful concept and i i, I might i might dedicate more time to that another time because I, I really like if i think about my own style of what i talk about here and think about what i've written on on the website um and what i write in my short stories and what i've written in my poetry um it's it's all about giving voice. It's all about giving voice to my own experience and my own perceptions, my own journey. And I I really believe in the primacy of expression and expressing oneself and expressing oneself honestly and taking that time to, to think, to reflect and to put something out there that is cogent and graspable um, because I find that valuable for myself and 
yeah, that's um, that's a road I want to travel. So that's what all of this is. That's what I do here. And that's what I'll continue to do. And that's what I'll continue to encourage others to do. And on that, I'm going to finish today with a poem that I just recently wrote. I just wrote it over the weekend. It had been cooking for a while. Um, and I put it up on the theclearout.com just last night but I'm going to read it for you here um, and then if you want to read it yourself you can go and find it um, on the website okay so this is called A Lesson from the Winter Solstice at Newgrange Like the darkness inside the Neolithic tomb the misapprehension is profound. The star that lights this room knows nothing of our needs, of our constructs. It has no sense of its power, of how much we crave and depend on its warmth and illumination. It does not know that we have always been sun worshippers and are still. Fall backwards in time a thousand years and then do it again four times more and still it is not enough to see the forming of the stones that lie here still. The magic of this place casts a spell. It is a vortex that draws us to its prehistoric song. Its mystery invades us and erases us from time. And on the day we are furthest from the source, the dial moves a single click. And this lithic chamber of deathless dark is consumed by light. Does the star burn any less bright in that moment? Is its power any less The ancients roll their eyes like stones over a hill. We don't need all the light. We only need a little. Okay, there you go. (laughs) My daughter just burst into the room. I told you I was on the clock. Okay, I'm going to go. You can read that poem if you if you like the sound of it. You can go and read it at the website at theclearout.com. I am off. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Um, you can throw me some love on social media. The Clear Out, the Clear Out podcast um, is on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. The Clear Out 2, that's the number 2. The Clear Out 2 is on Twitter. And you can email me if you have any thoughts, suggestions, responses at theclearoutlive at gmail.com. You can throw some financial support at this independent podcast using the supporter link, which will be there in the description wherever you're listening to the show. Or if you want to become a regular contributor, you can use the Patreon link. That's www.patreon.com forward slash the clear out um yeah i'd be grateful for whatever you can give or for whatever shout out you can give me out there on social media 
spread the word bump the podcast onto someone else you think might enjoy it and uh, keep listening okay thank you very much take care mind yourselves i'll talk to you soon i'll be back next week with more of the same bye